Hello, this is Yara Starek, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Lewis Howes, ex-professional footballer turned millionaire internet marketer and leader of the School of Greatness. Let the journey begin. Hello, my name is Yarrow, full-time blogger, podcaster, and living the laptop lifestyle. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. We are going to hear another inspiring story from a successful online entrepreneur. Today's story is from Lewis Howes, who has a very interesting background. He came from a history of professional sports as a footballer, then an injury, a broken wrist, stopped his career which led him to basically sitting on a couch for two years, trying to figure out what to do next, how to uh, build his life back up. He discovers internet marketing primarily through LinkedIn. LinkedIn was his main platform to begin with, which he slowly built himself up to become an expert at. That led to doing live events, and then he did a webinar and sold a teaching product on LinkedIn, which then spiraled over the next three years into a multi-million dollar internet marketing teaching business And then he decided to uh, basically stop. He had great success, but he was feeling a bit burnt out about that subject and started what he calls the School of Greatness. He also switched sports and became a professional handball player. There's a lot of both tactical and inspiring storytelling in this interview. So I think no matter what background you're coming from, no matter what reason you listen to my podcast, there's something in this episode for you. If nothing else, you will definitely feel inspired after listening to what Lewis has gone through over previous years. Before I press play on the interview, I'd like to invite you, as always, to join my EJ Insider Club. This is my interviews club. So if you like interviews like this and want more on a regular basis with million dollar bloggers and information marketers and email marketers, then the EJ Insider Club is for you. You'll get two brand new interviews every month at least from me, as well as an action plan to go along with those two interviews where I extract the leverage points from each person I interview and tell you how you can apply the same leverage that allows them to get the millionaire million dollar results. To find out more about the EJ Insider Club, go to ejinsider.com forward slash interviews and you can sign up there and also listen to some samples from all the interviews that I have available in the program. Okay, that's my promo for this episode. Let's begin the interview. Here we go. Hello, this is Yaro Stark. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. And today I have a, a long-time internet friend named Lewis Howes on the line with me. Uh, hello, Lewis. Thank you for joining. What is up, my man? Now, Lewis and I have known each other in that virtual world for many years, although I've never met the guy in person. I do feel like I know you extremely well, Lewis, because your photographs are plastered. You know, this big smiling man, <laughs> uh, larger than life, football player, handball guy, school of greatness. You know, you got a little bit of Tony Robbins mixed in with a little bit of sporting <laughs> hero going on. Plus, you're doing the whole, you know, internet marketing and coaching and podcasting and everything. So there's a lot to talk about. And um, I think one of your biggest claims to fame is obviously the college football uh, background story as well. That's sort of your, I guess, the, um, the, the, the hero's journey kind of thing and the rise from the yeah. ashes story, which I'd love to cover for our listeners. Uh, but... In terms of business, uh, we were just talking, I was trying to clarify exactly how you make a living on the internet <laughs> nowadays, which isn't as clear as what it used to be. Because when I first met Lewis, he was working with a guy named Sean, 
and you guys were doing a whole bunch of webinars in kind of everything. Like I saw you, I mean, you were known as a LinkedIn specialist. Sean was known as a Twitter specialist, but then you were going to like Amy Porterfield and doing Facebook with her and, and presenting that. And then you were uh, doing another one with someone else of another subject. And I know we did an interview many, many years ago as well about blogging. So, but that's not your main thing anymore. You sold that business. So how do you make a living nowadays? So we know why we should listen to you in terms of internet marketing. Lewis? <laughs> well, I, uh, I've got a multiple streams of income and we briefly chatted about it, but I've got my main focus right now is uh, building this brand school of greatness and uh, the podcast, which has, it's now at 50 episodes and over a million downloads and it just hit the one year mark. So it's, uh, I'm pretty proud of where it's come from there. And I, I decided when I launched that, I really wanted to broaden my topic. So I used to be doing LinkedIn and social media training and kind of just online marketing in general. And I wanted to broaden my kind of reach and not just focus on social media. And so the School of Greatness kind of was born from that. And then I realized that so many entrepreneurs were listening and they were just like, we want more. We want more advanced training. We want access to you and your, your, the people that you interview. So, um, I created the Academy, which is, you know, an online community with uh, a mastermind for entrepreneurs, resources, the top resources every month. And then my opinion, the most valuable part, which is the accountability and keeping people accountable. And I actually have uh, an initiation process for this. I don't know any other membership site or continuity program that does this, but, you know, people pay a, a nice fee every month and every quarter to be in this. And in the first month, I have them submit a huge goal that they want to achieve, maybe something they've put off for years that they haven't done. And in that month, they get 30 days to complete that goal, whatever it is that scares them the most. And if they do not complete it, they get kicked out of the academy, removed forever, can never come back in. And uh, it's amazing what people create when that type of pressure is on the line, when they don't want to miss out on a community. And uh, I've, I just kind of came up with it. I was like, man, I don't really care about the money. I really care about people getting results. And uh, it's been unreal what people, what people have created from that. So I'm excited about that. Um, <clears throat> I've got a couple of books that generate sales every single day. I've got consulting. I do advising. Uh, I, you know, I've, got, I've got equity and get paid monthly from some different startups who, who have me on as kind of a, a marketing advisor. Um, sponsorships for my podcast. I get sponsored by... A couple of companies as an athlete with the USA national team. So I try to tap into multiple streams of income mm. whenever I can. Yeah, you're a bit of a, a jack of all trades in, in crossing industries as well. Uh, it's funny when you said about the uh, initiation process, I was thinking frat house then. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. Something like that. But that's a really great idea on accountability. And that really ties into your whole concept of greatness and motivating people. Because clearly, I think there's a strong personal development aspect and shooting for yeah. the stars with everything you do, which I, I want to go back in time, but there's one thing I want to know before we do that. The positioning you have with the School of Greatness, and I know that's your, your strongest passion presently, when you were looking to, I guess, begin the podcast and then enter this whole world of, of teaching and coaching and, and having this personal brand around that concept, Mm -hmm. that's it's a little bit fuzzy in the sense it's very motivational but it's not yep. like i'll teach you blogging i'll teach you uh pay-per-click advertising i'll you know i have this system for following to make money and i'm the best yep. at it so when you were thinking positioning statements to enter what is now a very crowded space uh mm -hmm. and you obviously from your past knew that you entered as a linkedin specialist that was your, yeah. your doorway to internet marketing as yep. an expert 
with the new way, how did you, like, was it a, just this, you know what, let's see if it works. This is my, the part <laughs> I care about the most, so I want to go out there with it. But it's, it's so in, intangible. There's nothing, um, it's very touchy-feely, but there's no, like, I'll teach you how to make 10 grand a month using this special technique kind of thing attached yeah. to that. So yeah. explain that. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, LinkedIn was kind of my, my bread and butter, and it's really, I really got in at the right time when there was another guy kind of talking about it when I was started out, but he was kind of talking about the career side of things, and I was talking about the business, how to build your business with it, and I really kind of ran with it and, and put a lot of my energy into it, and it kind of blew up. And then there were many people that followed, but <clears throat> I just got bored of talking about it. Like, I'm super grateful for learning it all and being in the social media space and, and speaking and doing all that stuff. But I just realized that's, you know, if, if I had one day to live, do I want to talk about LinkedIn? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and do I want to talk about email conversion rates? You know, it's just uh, I started thinking about, you know, I started making a lot of money and I went from sleeping on my sister's couch and being completely broke, three credit cards in debt, uh, lo losing my dream of playing professional football through an injury and just kind of like depressed to making enough money to get on my own apartment to then making a lot of money, saving up, moving to New York City, like doing everything I wanted to do eventually. And then I was like, but this isn't, if this was my last day on earth, would I want to do a webinar on LinkedIn? Or do I want to talk about the stuff that really matters to me and that really inspires me and that I believe will inspire other people to get what they want in their life? And um, so, you know, when I transitioned out of uh, the company with myself and Sean, passed it over to him. I was trying to figure out what's my next move, whatever they want to be creating. Uh, you know, I'm not like scrapped for money or anything, but what I want to do to leave a legacy, to leave a mark, and how do I want to serve the world? And um, I realized through the last five, six years that I'd connected with so many inspiring people. A lot of people have supported me along the way, you being one of them, and uh, that I learned from so many different people like yourself that I consider kind of just mentors from afar or people, coaches from afar that don't even know it, that I just pick up on stuff. So I said, you know, I want to do this podcast and really tap into what matters the most for people. And if people listen to this podcast, you know, once a week or whenever they listen to it, and it gives them something that they couldn't put their hands on or they weren't sure how to achieve something before, but it gives them that one little thing, whatever it is, whoever the person I'm interviewing uh, to then support them in achieving their dreams for me, it's like that's all I really cared about. So uh, from there, I said, you know, I'm just going to do this thing for a couple years. And I, I, I knew podcasting was growing. I'd seen what uh, Pat Flynn was doing and John Lee Dumas and all these other people. And I was like, it's going to get big. In the next year and a half, two years, this thing was going to get big. I just hit the one-year mark about a week ago. And uh, I didn't know it would be this big as it is now. And I can only project where it's heading with what I've created uh, from it so far. So for me, I said, you know what? <clears throat> so many people were just emailing me and saying, you've got to do more episodes. You've got to give us more. This is amazing. The people you're interviewing, the questions you're asking are just different than anyone else is asking. And so I said, you know what? There's a group of entrepreneurs that listen to this show and who are on my email list that want deeper access, that want a deeper community, that want something to take to the next level. They want to bridge the gap between building a business and having an amazing lifestyle and personal development and mindset, and they want to have it all together to take them to the next level. So that's kind of what, I guess, everything I've been doing my whole life has come up to this point, 
and I'm I'm mixing and matching all the things that I love and putting it into um, the things I'm doing now. And then it's safe to say that that very strong personal brand and concept was easy to translate. Well, not easy, but it translated to a viable business because you yeah. built this following. So it's essentially, let's see if I can go out there with this message. Do people like it? Do people follow me? Well, want to replicate it and be part of it. And then you've been slowly building out a, 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 a kind of a coaching, mentoring co um, business behind that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been five years since I've been doing stuff online and, and I've built a, a nice audience of people that like the content I've created and I've given a lot of free information. I know you do have a lot of free content constantly through your podcast, through your articles, through your blog and everything. And I think that over time, people really are committed to you and uh, if you do it the right way. Mm. And uh, I'm just very blessed and grateful to have people that enjoy what I like to write about and speak about and uh, believe in me and uh, get results from the stuff that I share with them. Mm. I think you're another and there are many now, poster child for the idea of, of 1,000 true fans or even more nowadays or having a tribe like what Seth Godin talks about where yeah. it's almost like you don't have to have a positioning strategy beyond your personal brand and the core message that's associated with it. It doesn't have to be applied to a technique anymore or a business model or a strategy or anything like that. It's just this concept that people latch onto, whether it's the four-hour work week or the school of greatness uh, you know, it's just something that people want to be a part of. Right, right. And I, I, you know, and the name actually, I don't even remember how the name came to me, but, uh, you know, some, a friend might have actually like mentioned something that made me think of it or whatever. But I was just always about, like, I want to achieve greatness in everything I do. And, you know, you said I'm a kind of a jack of all trades and I was a decathlete in college as well, which is basically being a master or being great at everything, but not a master of anything in uh, you know track and field and that's kind of how I live my life it's like I just really like to do everything really well and have you know multiple things going on at the same time and do them all extremely well how do you and, do that uh, <laughs> you know <clears throat> I'm actually writing a, I'm actually writing a book about that right now because I think it's like a it's like a skill that you it's a muscle that you got to develop in order to be able to do that and I, I did that with many sports and then after college, I did it with salsa dancing, with learning the guitar, with uh, you know a lot, with le learning how to build a business without going to business school or, or knowing what I, how to sell it all, with public speaking. There's a lot of skills that I picked up, and um, a lot of it is really simply comes down to like desire and obsession. So each thing I was just like, I really want this. Like I desired it so much. I was so afraid of public speaking. And I was just like, I want to be able to speak in front of thousands and not shake and sweat like I do right now in front of five people, you know, back in the day. And so there's this desire that I wanted so bad and, uh, and I didn't want to be afraid anymore. And, um, and then it was just a uh, complete immersion. So with Toastmasters, I or with speaking, I joined Toastmasters and every week I went to the meetings, the like weekly, uh, you know, trainings for learning how to be a public speaker and I was practicing every day writing scripts I was working with my speaking coach mentor like three days a week going over my next presentation and I was just fully immersed in learning how to become a public speaker same thing with salsa dancing I went out five days a week to the clubs or to group lessons for three months I 
to, to learn how to dance when I could barely like walk, you know? <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> I got rid of all music. I only downloaded salsa music so I could listen to it all day long in my car. And then every night when I'd get home from the clubs, I would watch two hours of YouTube tutorials showing you breakdowns of the moves for salsa dancing. And I would practice by myself in the mirror because I was too embarrassed to dance with anyone else and make them look bad. So it was, again, this full immersion of an obsession of wanting to learn it. And in about three months, I was able to go to any salsa club all over the world and dance with any salsa dancer I've ever wanted to dance with, any type of level. And I could hang with them. Um, <clears throat> and same thing for guitar. You know, when I wanted to learn guitar, it was three, four hours a day obsession. It was working with another guitar player to show me how to play one song at a time, then learning chords, downloading stuff on guitarchords.com, just really being immersed in each thing that I wanted to learn and uh, not, not giving up until I learned it. There's a strong passion behind every activity <laughs> you went after there, Louis. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's not just like a casual thing for me. It's yeah. like if I want to learn something, it's like let's go all in and let's learn it as fast as possible and add that tool to my tool belt so that I can apply it in every other area of my life. You don't do these things uh, like at the same time. They're, they're concurrent or sequential. Like how, because uh, I can't I, imagine you dancing and guitar teaching or nah. training for four hours. You know, you have yeah. to sort of stagger these things. <laughs> exactly. I think it's a, you know, a couple things a year is right. what I've been. Um, but then some things like play off. You know, when I wanted to learn handball, uh, I never played before and I gave myself the goal that in one year I was going to make the USA national team. I was going to be one of the top 16 players in the United States for an Olympic sport in less than a year. And I said, the only way to do this is to play with the best and get coached by the best. So I moved from Columbus, Ohio to New York City and trained with the, the, the national championship team of all former European professional handball players who lived in New York City. I trained with them. I watched game film. I went out with them and learned like their moves, everything. I like... I moved to a city to learn a sport, and then in, and, and then and then in nine months made the USA national team and went and played internationally in Argentina against Mexico and a bunch of other countries. Amazing. Um, there, there's a an aspect of I don't want to say the same people, but there's a Tim Ferriss vibe coming here. Although Tim sort of hacks away, it sounds like you just throw yourself into the deep end and live and breathe it for a while but you know we've gone so off track we're kind of doing a highlight reel of all these <laughs> things you've done uh lewis but there is a journey i do want to cover maybe we can make a little bit um maybe connect the dots with all these things sure. you're talking about so <laughs> i'm assuming when you were born and then you know you turn into this big guy who loved football you were thinking football career is the rest of my life or at least for the first half of it while i'm a, a young man is that true that was the dream, man. It was really to be a pro athlete. And in high school, I wanted to be a professional basketball player, but I stopped growing. So when I got to college, I realized that was my best bet was being a professional football player. And then at 20, whatever it was, three, when I got injured and it was kind of like I had to sit out for a year and a half and the dream was over, I was screwed, man. I was just like, what am I doing next? Um, I have no backup plan. I didn't study my entire childhood in school because all I wanted to do was play sports. So what, so what do I do next? And you snapped luckily, your wrist, was it, by the way? Yeah, I broke yeah. my wrist um, diving into a, a wall, playing an arena football game, and uh, was in a cast for six months. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any money, and I was sleeping on my sister's couch for a year and a half recovering. Never knew how to make money, 
I didn't like have a job in high school or college because I was training in the off seasons. So I was kind of like, I am screwed. I have no clue how I'm going to like survive. And I did not want to get a job. I don't think I could have ever had a job because once I got a taste of like having my own schedule and just like playing for a living, it was like I could never go back to, you know, something not that. So luckily and gratefully, and I'm super blessed that my sister brought me in for, you know, as long as she did so I could kind of recover. And I, uh, I just became obsessed with learning about how people were making money online. I was, you know, all I could do was lay around and I had my laptop in my lap all day. I was connecting with people on LinkedIn and kind of like calling them up and asking them questions about their success and how they got there. And then I was just learning about blogging was kind of coming around in 2008. And so I was reading about people who were blogging. I remember reading about Chris Brogan and Darren Rouse. And I remember reading your blog and being like, holy crap, these guys are making like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a month just writing content about what they're learning or what they know. And I said, wow, I think I could do this with LinkedIn because I was spending like all day on LinkedIn as well. That I could start teaching people about this because there's a real need, especially with the economy in the U.S. at that time was going down and people were trying to figure out how to build their business and get jobs. And uh, I really just mimicked what other people were doing and read a lot and listened to a lot of audios and watched videos and just said, okay, if they can do this, I can do this. And took action. That was it. Uh, did you follow the sort of typical model of I'll give away some free information, build an email list, and then offer my first paid product, that sort of thing? I was pretty clueless of like how to do th – I didn't know how to code or like build a – I didn't even know how to like set up my own WordPress page. I didn't know how to do anything. So what I was doing originally was I had built this kind of you know, pretty sizable audience on LinkedIn and had created some of these like business professional groups on LinkedIn. So I was had this this audience and I decided to throw some events, live events. It was the first thing I ever did to make money was hosting LinkedIn networking events where I was getting 300 to 500 people paying anywhere from 5 to 20 bucks to get in and just do like 3 to 4 hours of networking at a restaurant slash bar in cities across the country. And I was making like 3 to 4,000 dollars in cash when I was doing this. And I was like, I am rich. You know, I'm making this cash. This is more money than I've ever made. And, uh, but it was after 20 of these events in one year, I started to get like burned out from like marketing these things to traveling to setting them up and dealing with the venues. It just wasn't, you know, worth it to me anymore. That's when I wrote a book about LinkedIn and started, I started selling this book at the last couple of events. And people were like, man, this is great information. I want to know more. And that's when I met Joel Kahn. And he said, hey, I want to get you on a webinar and talk about LinkedIn because no one's talking about it. And this is like the social media boot camp thing that I'm doing. So I did that. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never been on a webinar before. I didn't know how to create a sales page. I had a buddy like put one together for me last minute. And uh, I sold at the end of this webinar like this live training because I didn't even have a product. I just sold like a live three-hour LinkedIn advanced marketing training or something for 150 bucks. And I made $6,300 in that webinar in that first hour. And I was freaking out. I was like screaming and running around the house. I was freaking out. And I never made that much money in my life. And I was like, this is where it's at. I was like, webinars and selling at the end of the webinars. I was like, I need to become a master at this because I could do this every day for the rest of my life. And I pretty much did that for the next three and a half years. I did about 700 webinars 
and I was just wow. selling and I, and I became a master. You know, I devoured everything I could to learn about webinar marketing and sales and presentations and how to sell without selling, sounding salesy and just really connecting with an audience online and everything became, a, you know, I've immersed myself in learning about webinars and, um, and that's kind of where everything led for the next few years with creating products, um, to sell on these, these webinars and then launching other, uh, other individuals and, and, um, creating products for them and marketing it for them. So it's been a, it's been a fun journey. Only 700 webinars. That's, that sounds about <laughs> the same amount of work of writing articles I've done over the same period. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> exactly. not, there's work to do. Let's, just, let's be honest yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, I put I put in my, I put in the work and the yeah. hours. That's for sure. I <laughs> you put paid your dues. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So now the, the, that's three years of your life. I'm assuming, you know, income was growing. Uh, you're, you're, Moved out of your sister's house, yep. at some point, and yeah. uh, I know you obviously partnered with Sean at some point. I don't know since you sold that business whether you can talk too much about that or not. But um, is there like I know you guys had a unique model, and that would be something I'd like to at least mention sure. if you could talk about it because I think you there's only so far you took LinkedIn, and then you decided we need to branch out into other things. Is that right? Yeah, we started. Uh, you know launching other products that other from other content creators like uh, James Wedmore for uh, YouTube. We were like, let's find the expert and then um, we'll launch them. It'll be our product. We'll give them a commission. They create the content. We do all the marketing and everything. So we started doing that um, with a couple of individuals, like you said, Amy Porterfield. And um, yeah, everything was growing. It was going amazing. We did like a couple, couple million a year in sales each year and it just kept growing. Um, I was doing a lot of the webinars. I was, I was doing the webinars kind of presenting and Sean was doing more of the back end stuff. And we had a great little thing going and it got to the point where I was like, okay, I've, I moved into my own apartment. Uh, you know, I've paid off my, all my credit card debts, my student loans, like everything is paid off. And I still had this burning desire to be an athlete. You know, I'd kind of taken, I guess, three or four years off now since I've been injured in 2007. And I was like, you know, I really want to go to the Olympics and I really want to be a competitor at the highest level still, even though I can't play football anymore. And that's when I saw, you know, I saw team handball in the Olympics in 2008 for the first time. And I was just like, when I make enough money, I'm going to move to New York city and learn this sport. And so kind of the time came where I was just like, all right, I've made enough money. I've got it saved. And I want to go give this a shot because I knew if I were, didn't try and go after it with a full heart, full energy that I'd always regret it. And, you know, I wasn't getting younger. So I was like, I got to go do this now. And even for the first year and a half when I was in New York, I was, we were still building the business and everything was going great. It just started to get, um, you know, I just started to lose interest. I really wanted to talk about other things. Again, LinkedIn, like I just could not talk about how to build a LinkedIn group anymore. I was just so over it and, you know, bored with it mm -hmm. that I wanted to, just not what I was passionate about anymore. So I started to phase out of that. I, I, I would like to talk more about the business stuff, but I, maybe we'll, let's finish sure. your story because I, I, I think if we close the loop and then yeah. we can dive back in, because I know, you know, my audience is very much at that. We haven't got that $2 million business yet. How did mm. you get there, Lewis? But let's, add, let's uh, open that loop now and we'll close it at once we finish your story. So you decide sure. to become a handball 
player and now how old are you then and why isn't your broken wrist stopping you from playing handball well it's a good question i was uh 20 what was i 27 i guess when i moved to new york city and now i'm 30 i'll almost be 31 in march and so my wrist and i'm right-handed i broke my right wrist so i have a bone in there from my hip that they fuse into my wrist and i've got about maybe 60 percent range of motion if uh you know left you know, it's kind of like stuck. It kind of doesn't go all the way back. Maybe it's 70% now. I do a lot of physical therapy on it. So I could have played football. You know, I could go play football right now if I wanted to. It was just it got to the point where it was really painful to, like, catch and to block. Like, there's a lot of blocking in football as a receiver. And to put my hands out in front of someone and, and push. Like, I, couldn't, I still can't do a push-up today because mm-hmm. it hurts my wrist. I have to go on my knuckles. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, do I want to just be in pain every play? Like I could do it and it'd be nagging. Um, but at that time, it was tough to make, it's tough to make the NFL if you get injured and try to come back when there's young guys who are like fresh and freak athletes every year. So I was just kind of like, this is a, it's going to be just a, an uphill battle. So handball it's it's easier. I can still throw really hard. It's just I don't have the flexibility as much. So I have to kind of bend my arm back a little differently and throw a little differently. But other than that, it's not painful. And it's not as much of a contact sport as football is, right? It's it's contact, but I you hit in a different way. So instead of like pushing your hands out to block someone, you literally take your arm like a lacrosse stick and you slam it across someone else's arm. Okay. And uh, so it's more of like I use it as a weapon than kind of like a blocking thing. <laughs> so friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a different it's a different motion, and it uh, it doesn't hurt. Well, right. it, ha- it hasn't yet. So it's funny whenever I, I hear about handball. I, I grew up playing handball in school here, but that's where you yeah. draw a chalk line across yeah. the pavement, and then you get yeah. a tennis ball out and you hit it back and forth at each other, <laughs> and that's yeah. what I knew handball was until. The Olympics would keep popping around, and they'd say, there's handball at the Olympics. And I'm like, cool, there's handball at the Olympics. <laughs> and then I'd see the sport and go, this is some kind of weird sort of cross between lacrosse and indoor football and netball. I just, you know, what's going exactly. on here? Exactly. So, it's, uh, you try explaining it in the United States where no one knows it, and they always ask me, if, is that, you know, the New York-style handball where you hit it against the wall, and I have to always explain it, so... Right, and your ambition with that was, or still is, to get to the Olympics, right? Or has that been... That's, that's correct. correct. I mean, it's going to be a challenge because we haven't qualified in over 20-something years, I think, since 19... Uh, well, I guess since 1996 was the last time they went because we had an automatic qualifier because every host country gets an automatic right. qualifier. Um, so the goal is to play as long as I can and stay on the United States national team for as long as I can to compete internationally with the country. And then, um, you know, every four years give ourselves another chance and you got selected for a team in spain that was that expected yeah you know i my it's interesting when i moved to new york to learn the sport i i told i started telling people i was like i really want to go play professionally in spain because that's where they were like the world champions and they always have i wanted to learn spanish i wanted to go to spain i wanted to play handball there because it was to learn from some of the best players so i just thought it'd be like a win-win-win and uh about six months ago, you know, one of the players on the New York team had a connection with a coach who was a coach of a team in the top league in Spain. And uh, they invited me to come over and train for a training camp. So I was there for a couple of weeks. 
And really, these guys are unbelievable. They're next level. So I, I learned a lot from them and got a lot better in a short amount of time just because you have to like play up to people's level. And they offered me to stay on the team and play for the whole season. You know, I probably would have just been like a practice player and maybe gotten in at the end of games when they're up by 10 or something. But um, <clears throat> and it would have been a great experience. But it was just like, do I want to go live here for the next seven months and only play handball? That's pretty much my life. But I had a number of other things that I was doing in Los Angeles and I wanted to uh, keep growing my business, writing my book, you know, speaking gigs that I had commitments already with and uh, some other TV show opportunities that I'm working on. So I was trying to just weigh my options and see what to do. But um, I may go back and play for like, you know, two to four weeks at a time, but it, it, may, it may not make sense to go for a full year. Okay, so I'm assuming then now you're just playing for the U.S. team and you're just doing everything to do with the School of Greatness business. Is that where we're at presently? Yeah, mostly just um, the USA team. So there's a residency program where they train in Alabama, actually, at a, a university called Auburn. And uh, a lot of the team is down there living full time, training and practicing every single day. So I'm going to start going down there probably every few weeks to train for a week or two at a time and just kind of stay in the rotation with the team and practice and kind of stay top of mind awareness with the coaches as well. Right. And again, I know it's a bit of a huge list of things you do, but you're speaking, you're doing your podcast, you've got this School of Greatness uh, coaching program which you're running. So you're, you're pretty much got a nice little combination of activities going. Um, before we yeah, talk, I'm not bored. No, <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> um, let's, let's, I think that pretty much closes the loop on your story. Obviously, I could dive into every little piece there, but I think we've got a good uh, sort of yeah. explanation. Now, um, you, you obviously teach people business as well. So this is a very relevant question for how you answer this today. You know, you've got someone coming into your world, whether it's by joining a coaching program or something like that. And, you know, they may not be making much money from their business or uh, maybe not even making any money. They don't have a business idea yet. They're a brand new person. How do you help people nowadays with given you're not going to just say, go start a LinkedIn profile and build up yeah. your audience that way. And you're, you know, you're not specializing in the sense that let's do Facebook marketing, let's do blogging, let's do podcasting, although you are doing podcasting. Do you have a formula for how to get to a six-figure, seven-figure business that you now teach people? Or what exactly do you teach? Yeah, yeah it's very easy. What I, what I teach is, I think, very simple. People um, tend to tend to get a little overwhelmed. It seems like there's too much information. And I like to, very, I like to simplify everything and just go to the basics, figure out what works, and then take action and repeat it over and over. So what I teach right now through my academy, through I've got a couple of clients that I work with, and they all make six and seven figures within months after doing this. Um, a lot of them usually have something already going. So if you're just a brand new beginner, then it's going to take some time for you to build an audience that's just plain and simple, unless you've got the money to buy leads and to buy, you know, ads and build up your list that way. But what I teach is discovering first what it is you love the most and that you're the best adequate to talk about. And I know that may sound a little cheesy, like discover what you love, like discover your passion, like, you know, because you hear people say, just do what you love, do what you're passionate about. But it's really true because, um, you know, I ran LinkedIn. I did the LinkedIn thing for a while and it was like, yeah, I can make all this money, but I got burnt out. 
because I wasn't really in love with it. So you can make money around anything, you know, affiliate marketing and just doing these different things that make money. But I feel like at some point you're going to get burned out. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just my my uh, feelings and uh, what I've experienced for myself and many other people that have done this. Um, I can concur. I, I had the same kind of situation after starting a blog in 05, mm-hmm. launching a coaching program in 07, doing really well from 07, 08, 09. When I got back from traveling the world in 08 and I had a bunch of new business opportunities presented to me, but in the same area, I was tired of same thing. I don't want to talk Mm -hmm. about how to grow a profitable blog and (laughs) and do those things so much. So I looked at doing other things, although it's funny because I've kind of come back full circle now and I'm excited to do it again, but mainly because it's changed so much from where I used to do it. So it's like learning a whole bunch of new skills myself as well as, you know, passing that on to people. But yes, burnout happens to everyone. I think that's probably one of the, the, the biggest problems for entrepreneurs. I, I really, I keep hearing from everyone because you know, people almost like rise to the top like this amazing star and then slowly they'll disappear. And they vanish. Out, yeah, they just, <laughs> they they burnt out. They moved on to a startup. They changed their business model. Something happens and it's, mm-hmm. it's something to look out for, I think. But anyway, we're at the beginning here, so yeah. I'm helping beginners. So yeah. uh, continue. <laughs> So, so is this for beginners or is this for? Well, uh, let's focus on what you where you specialize. So okay, I guess, cool. Okay, not so, traffic generation, but yeah, yeah. So again, what I like to specialize in is dis- first discovery of what you love, and there's lots of different people in my you know academy that it's, there's an acupuncturist, there's like someone who does vegan foods, there's athletes, there's coaches, there's lots of different people. So it doesn't matter what it is you love, but figure out what you love. It can be travel, it could be friends. I love cats. Whatever it is, figure out what you love. There's a way to make money around it. And I know you know this, Yara, but there's a way to make lots of money around anything. What's the cat business that you propose? Just just to clarify. I mean I mean the cat business, I mean, let's just say someone likes cats. They're like in love with the yeah, okay. Let's say you in love with your cat. Okay. You can create a boutique cat design store where you're promoting clothes for cats. You're promoting the, the top food for cats. You're writing about activities to do with your cats. You're writing about the, the coolest toys that are out there. And you're creating a brand and content around how to have an amazing life with your cats and what to buy them and what to, you know, all these different things. How to walk your cat, how to do whatever. So there's ways to do that, and you'd be selling through affiliate products that way and things like that. Um, But what I like to do is discover what you love the most and discover what your passion is first. And then from there, it's all about selling something before you have it. And a lot of this is through information. I like to figure out what your expertise is and then sell your expertise before you create a product. And I've taught this a number of times. to entrepreneurs, and it's kind of crazy the results. My one of the acupuncturists who's in my academy, she did this last week. She has been, she has clients. She probably does, you know, 30, 40 hours a week in her, her studio where she's, you know, putting needles in people and doing acupuncture work and healing people, and she loves it. She made six figures last year from it, but she was like, I want to make more passive income and I don't want to be in the office all day trading my time for dollars. So what we did is I said, okay, cool. Why don't you teach other acupuncturists how you made six figures? And, um, 
and see if they're even interested. So what I want you to do is I want you to run a webinar. And everything stems from a webinar for me because this is what I know and this is what I know works really well where you can get sales. And we've done webinars where we converted really well in the past also. And, and um, <clears throat> so she ran a webinar and I said, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get some free content just teaching people how to get new clients, how to, you know, how to talk to people in the grocery store or at the gym to bring people in to be your customers or your clients as an acupuncturist, how to run uh, systems better in your office, all these different things to like make six figures. Whatever you did, just talk about it. And at the end, you're going to sell something for a price point. We decided it was $199. Uh, all she had was a PayPal link. She didn't have a sales page. She didn't have anything. She had a PayPal link. And I said, you're just going to tell them that you're going to deliver something within a week. Uh, to them. And here are the things that you're going to deliver them. It's going to be a number of videos that you get to come up with what is going to be delivered in these videos, the content. That's going to be step-by-step -step how to do all these things, plus the um, the documents and the files and all the other stuff that you use for your business that's going to support them and everything else. You're going to give it away through uh, this video training course, this online course. Then, <clears throat> so she did that. Just, just to stop you for one question, yep. uh, how did you, how did she get people onto the webinar? I'm assuming mm -hmm. she didn't have a list to begin with. Great, great question. So if you don't have a list, what I told her to do, she, I think she had a list of like 100 people or something. So what I told her to do is spend some money on Facebook ads. I think she spent probably like 200 bucks on some Facebook ads and she just targeted acupuncturists. I also told her to go into LinkedIn and Facebook groups and uh, find the acupuncture groups and then share this free webinar inside the groups and even at, reach out to the group owners and ask them if they'd be willing to promote it or if you can jump on uh, with them and they can interview you on there and all these different things. So she only had 78 people on, so it wasn't that many people. Sorry. But um, <clears throat> for her first webinar, because she did all these things, she did the Facebook ads, she did it all, and the groups and was just like promoting to her little small list Asking some of her, she reached out to some acupuncture schools and just asked them to like share it on their website or whatever and said, hey, I'm doing this free workshop, you know, feel free to promote it. And she had 78 people on and she did 30, I believe it was 34 sales at 199 And she was freaking out because she made uh, like $7,000 or something or whatever that is in that hour when she normally makes about 9000 8 to 9000 in a month from working 40 hours a week. So I also told her to do a couple other things. She, and actually it's going to take long to explain it, but she made money off of a couple other streams of, of uh, revenue streams as well by setting up an insurance deal. So a lot of acupuncturists, they don't make money because they don't know how to bill insurance for insurance. And so she has like the key on how to do it the right way that saves a lot of time and makes the most money. So now she's getting a 4% commission on every claim from every acupuncture that she signs up in this billing system for life. And so that's going to bring her a lot of passive income. So she's freaking out. She generated three new streams of income and from one webinar and people are eating up the content and she didn't have a product. She didn't have a sales page. She didn't have anything. She created a webinar and did it on Google Hangouts. So did it for free. Uh, use lead pages. I think it's like 40 bucks or whatever. And, um, and spent maybe 200 bucks on Facebook ads. And, and that way she didn't spend three to six months creating some video training course mm -hmm. that she wasn't sure that anyone would buy. 
So this is the key to launch a webinar first and sell something after you deliver all your wealth of information for free, sell something to see if people are even interested. And yeah, you've got to do a little bit of marketing and hustle to get people on, whether that's your own list, whether that's partnering with other people, whether that's buying a list, uh, begging people, whatever it is, you got to get people on it. And uh, there's ways to do that. You just got to make it happen. Mm. I can see, I guess, the legacy that's still present in your current teaching is the webinars. That's, if anything, that webinars, man. Yeah. I mean, this is another thing. I'll give you another example. One of my other, my other clients, John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. Yes. He, uh, you know, we, we connected about five months ago before he was really making a lot of money. And he hadn't done a webinar yet. He, I think he was making like 40 grand a month at this time or like 30 or 40 grand a month from sponsorships only. And so, which is amazing still for a podcast. Amazing, amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's great. But I was like, dude, you've got this wealth of information. Podcasting is growing. You've got to start teaching this because that's where the money is going to be made when you teach what you know. So, we, you know, he developed this product called Podcasters Paradise. And we worked on the price point, we worked on like the positioning, everything together. And I said, you've got to run webinars to this thing. That's what's going to sell it. In the first, I think, month, I think he did like 100000 in sales doing like a couple webinars. Now he's got this thing dialed down where he's doing over $25,000 a week from doing one webinar. And he does Facebook ads and he promotes it to his list. And that's all he does. And I think he's spending like a couple thousand dollars a week on Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. That might be even pretty high. He might be spending like $1,000 or 600 bucks. I think is what he was doing originally. So he's making 25000 a week. This month, he's about to surpass $200,000 in sales from his sponsorships and his product. And it's all from the webinars is where you generate these sales. So that's, that's what I believe, teaching people what you know the best, uh, solving a problem for people, and put, packaging it in a way that is consumable, and easy to follow, and uh, if you can make it entertaining as well, then that's great. But really, doing a webinar and selling something you don't have is the best way to get started to see if people even want what you're going to offer. Because if they don't want it, then you don't have to create the product. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, before we wrap up, I am kind of curious, Lewis, about these accountability Quests you give everyone as they enter mm -hmm. your program over the 30 days. Is there one or two that you could share that might be a little bit unusual in the sense that they said, I've got this big dream to hang out with, I don't know, Michael Jackson. Well, that's not going to work. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah. I'll go Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Something yeah, that's maybe not like I just want to make a hundred grand from selling my uh, product. I don't know. What, where are the dreams at? Well, this is, well this, is the, this is the initiation. It's, it's uh, when they join... I tell them that set a big goal that is achievable. Um, don't set a goal that's not achievable, but something that is a huge stretch, but you know that if, you, if your life was over, if you did not make it happen, that you'd be able to make it happen. So I want people to be a little scared and be like, okay, I've got 30 days to do something that if I dedicate four hours a day on this, it's going to get done and it's going to happen. Um, one person was like, I wanted to like book a TV show and she got like you know, casted for this show. Another person was like, I want to get on a TED. I think it'd be amazing to do like a TEDx. And she booked a TEDx uh, speaking gig. Another guy was like, well, one girl, the, you know, the acupuncturist was like, I want to do $10,000 from a webinar. Um, and she did 8,000. She's got, you know, another couple of weeks or whatever to make it happen for the other 2,000 or whatever. So it's like, 
people are people want to launch membership sites people want to interview 20 the one guy was like i want to interview 15 people in the sports business world and he got all 15 interviews done for to launch his podcast so it's just like different stuff that again is a big stretch for people that maybe they've been putting off for a while because they're just like lazy they don't have any motivation but now they have the accountability to make it happen and the coolest thing is like people announce what they're going to do in the uh, the community in the group so everyone gets to stay on them the community self regulate regulates each other they all stay on each other they all support each other congratulate each other and it's a great little uh, support group mm. i'm kind of curious too and Forgive me for digging into your, everything here, but uh, okay. how do you deliver all of this? What's your platform? Because I've, I've been talking to a few people, and um, I know you might be in this group. Do you know the Dynamic Circle? Are you not in that? Guys? Okay, no. I'm not in that either, but I've recently been hearing about it. They're from the Tropical MBA guys that started. Oh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, they use a Ning social platform mm. to run their mm. membership for that. And then, of course, James Schramko, who I think you know, yeah, um, from down in Sydney, uh, he's got a, a V built in forum running his sort of uh, coaching group coaching program. So sure. it, it seems to range from forums to uh, even like a Facebook group, or uh, even I think back in the day it was like email news group type things. You know, you subscribe right. to Google, news, Google groups, Google yeah. groups, yes. Yeah. So you could just make, maintain it through that. So what are you doing? What's your technology set up for delivering uh, paid content yeah. nowadays? Yeah, right now, it's to be honest, it's a private Facebook group is where the forum's at. And then I've got a, a wish list membership site where I host the content. And But everyone's on Facebook all day, so I just I think it's easier for them to just log in there and, and then kind of connect really quickly and see what's happening with notifications. So that's where the community is at right now. I don't think there's a perfect solution out there. And um, I'll probably be tweaking some things. I've got a, a buddy of mine, Brian Moran, who's working on some some really cool stuff with uh, membership sites that uh, I'm testing out right now that I may roll over. But it's you know I don't know if there's ever going to be a great solution for any of this stuff. It's just a matter of what works for you and right now and for the members. And what's your uh, your shopping cart email provider? Because I know everyone loves that question. How do you take money and how do you send your newsletter and those sorts of things? Yeah, I mean, again, no perfect solution. But uh, what I'm using right now is is Stripe, which I actually like Stripe. I just started using it. So I'm using Stripe with um, a, ch- a, a custom cart uh, that Brian Moran built, which is not released yet, which is really clean that I'm loving. Um, I don't even know if he has a name for it yet, but I'm using that. It's kind of like a one shopping cart, but for like super dummies, like anyone could use. And so for me, it's perfect. And then um, I'm using AWeber for that specific community to deliver emails. And then uh, I also use iContact on my personal blog newsletter list. So that's the solution. All right. Uh, Sometimes the technical stuff is boring for people who do this all day, but I know there's a (laughs) lot of newbies who... Sure. Just, they want to know how'd you set that up and what you do that with. So I'm, I'm sure. on Entreport no. myself. So yeah, I was on I was on Entreport, and then it was kind of like this is too confusing. You know, for me, I need it simple. I'm not like that technical at all. I'm not <laughs> so funny because I, I went with Entreport because Infusionsoft was too confusing. <laughs> so. Right, right. I mean, Confu- Infusionsoft is confusing too. And to be honest, I was like, they're all too confusing. So I need something that's like so simple that I can literally log in and just like click one button and know what I'm doing as opposed to like, what am I, you know, what's happening here? And for, and for me, it was, it was more about, I don't want to spend 40 hours learning a system to be able to deliver 
a message to a community and, you know, get some sales. Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to spend an, an hour max setting it up the least amount of friction to deliver the most amount of value. And not that Entreport or Infusionsoft are bad. I think they're amazing and I hear amazing stuff about them from other friends who use them. Just for me, what works the best is simplicity. And that's what so far is the most simple. Mm-hmm. I should ask you, what do you use for webinars too? Is it all Google Hangouts nowadays? You know, I kind of took a break from webinars and just was like teaching people about them. Um, well, so what, what, to, your, what do your chiropractor yeah, use? Yeah, well, she used Google Hangouts. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I guess that. it's actually live. It's YouTube live. So you can only have like 10 people on a Google Hangout, but it's, it's like the Google Hangout platform, but you do it through YouTube. So there's like a 20-second delay um, type of deal, which I'm still trying to figure out if I like that. I've done it a couple of times, and it's kind of annoying with this delay. And so who knows? But go to webinar is still amazing. In my opinion, it's like kind of the standard, and it works. But John Lee Dumas is doing the, the YouTube live thing, and he's making 25 grand a month from that. So... He doesn't it's, have any uh, add-ons to that. He just uses the YouTube Live. No, no. It's YouTube Live. There's a there's a chat called like, oh, shoot, I forget the name of this chat. It's like Chat Tango or something or Chat Chat something. So there's a video. There's a live YouTube video stream and then a chat a chat box on the right hand side that people can chat in um, and leave comments during the presentation. But that's pretty much it. Those two things and then there's like a buy now button or something. It's a lot simpler than uh, all the functions you've got with GoToWebinar, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like GoToWebinar with the polls and with all the, the stats and, and everything it's gotten there. And, uh, you know, it sends out email reminders. But it's three ninety nine a month or something, or two ninety nine a month. So Google Live is is uh, free, and you just got to buy the, whatever, 10 or 20 bucks for the unlimited chat or whatever it is, you know, so... It's just uh, depends on what you want and how much you want to spend on this stuff. Again, you can use Infusionsoft and spend three hundred bucks a month, or you can use Aweber and spend thirty bucks a month. You know, whatever you want to use. Exactly, because I do. I think uh, you know, there's a stepping stone you can work through with technology as well and work your way up to things. So, exactly. Um, what are we What are we doing now, uh, Lewis Howes? <laughs> what What's <laughs> you know, you've had some success with everything you're working on right now. Uh, it sounds like your your star is rising again, and you know we want to avoid that burnout thing that happened last time, right? Um, right. You do have, sound like you have a good mix. Is what's your thirty day goal? If I said accountability, Lewis House, what do you think <laughs> by the end of February? Oh man, it's good. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's it's been an amazing. Two thousand thirteen was a great personal growth year for me to really evaluate what I want. Uh, letting go of stuff that wasn't working for me and uh, creating like a clearer vision for myself. And what I really realized is that I do well under extreme coaching and having great mentorship and coaching. And I feel like I've lacked that over the last year, two years. I've kind of like, I wouldn't say like surpassed my mentors and coaches, but I would say it's, you know, I feel like I'm not as stretched by some of the ones I used to have. And uh, for me, it's like I really I understand as an athlete that I crave and I excel when I have a coach that really pushes me, that I respect and value their opinion. And uh, so for me, I'm looking for that coach, you know, and, and I was thinking, who would I want to work with or who would I want to learn from? And then you, you mentioned like a guy like Tony Robbins would be someone great to like work with or 
learn from and um, just grow around their energy. But uh, I don't know if I'm willing to spend like a million bucks for it a year or whatever. <laughs> so it's uh, I think discovering maybe it's a mul- maybe it's multiple people, uh, mentors or coaches that I either hire or, or just work with on a mentorship mentee basis. Also, you know, my personal goal is uh, my next book, which I'm writing about kind of greatness, kind of all the things we talked about here, how to achieve greatness in anything, business, sports, life, relationships um, and kind of my process. And, uh, so the book I've, I've, uh, finished a, an outline and sent to my agent. So really moving that forward and, and getting to the point where that's being sold in the next couple of months to, to a publisher. So awesome. that's my, yeah. Which might be out by the time you're listening to this podcast. So we should probably <laughs> direct everyone to find out more about the, the Lewis Howes show, the school of greatness. Uh, well, where is, where do you want to send people to? Yeah, just go to lewishouse.com and it's got my my podcast there, which is School of Greatness. You can find it on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, everything's at lewishouse.com and say hi to me there or on, on social media. Yeah, and check out your his design too. Lewis is, um, I, w- I wouldn't definitely call it a traditional blog design. You've gone, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like a, the modern version of a personal brand website. I don't know how else to put it really. Mm. I need a new phrase what do, for what it is. So what are your what are your thoughts on it? I get a I get emails every week from people over the last year who uh you know say they use it as a case study for you know how to build their website. Yeah. But I would I would love to know what your thought is as an expert blogger if you uh you know if you think it's Yeah, well I mean you saw I, I posted a question on Facebook asking yourself and Pat Flynn and Derek Halpern regarding design and you know, I've been looking at blog designs and I try not to get too caught up on this thing because it's almost like it's a bit like the art part of blogging yeah it's the part where you get to play around with how you present your image but you kind of get caught up with it and it doesn't always you know, impact the bottom line as much as it probably should if you're going to spend that much time on it you know um I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's an answer that's right in, in every situation. Right. I, I do, like, you know, Derek, Derek's blog, Social Triggers, is so simple. Um, mm. I, and I, I do expect it converts for a pure newsletter opt-in better than anything else. Um, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily do other things well. You know, you're not going to find right. his podcast easily. You're not going to find videos easily. Um, right. And then you're maybe not going to get a sense of a feel for what kind of person he is besides just reading his writing. Where right. your site, certainly you're larger than life all over the place on that thing. <laughs> and that's not going to suit everyone either. Like there's some yeah. quiet It might turn a lot of people off. Yeah, well, it won't turn people off because I think your personality matches the image you're trying to present. And that's right. what you want to do. But if I'm this, you know let's say not quite perfect physical specimen sitting at home, an introvert. I don't want to plaster my face all over my blog. I don't want to be the face behind my business as much. Then obviously that's not the design that's going to work as well. Um, So there's a a very personal decision to make, I think with, with this sort of thing. But um, I don't know. I like to look at metrics first, especially if you're just struggling to make money in in some ways, you know, you probably made the decision with this blog because you had a somewhat open ended uh, goal with the school of greatness you were kind of yep. maybe seeing where it was going to take you yep. and by focusing on you you got to go let's open this door and see who comes in the building where mm-hmm. other people like i gotta sell this product and this product so let's just get people onto the newsletter and 
run right. with it, you know, so right. different goals. Um, yeah. But yes, <laughs> thanks for the question, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I pass as well. I, I think there's so much cool stuff happening in design, but yeah. you, you got to think about where people are coming from. I mean, I get so frustrated with trying to change things too, because you got to have a kick-ass designer to do a lot of this stuff. Who, who, who does you your do. design work? Um, I've got uh, Digital Telepathy, which is this amazing design company in San Diego. They're a little pricey, but for me, I believe those that have great design are going to win long term. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think Derek's site is amazing, socialtriggers.com. He's got great content in this and that, but he's also kind of redesigning it lately. And he's going to come out with something soon because he really wants to build his authority up as well. Yeah. and kind of like have this clean design and just like it doesn't have to be too much but still simple but just like effective in a different way yeah so um i think those that design well are going to win in the long term yeah i think it's it's certainly becoming more a part of your image i know see the funny thing i i and i remember this this is a conversation i had four years ago uh when design was becoming more important with with generally everything online but then you had the you know, the Dan Kennedy School of Direct Response Marketing. And these mm -hmm. guys still haven't changed. It's ugly yeah. header, but copywriting that's very persuasive. And, you know, they run seven, eight, nine, ten-figure businesses behind some what you would call ugly designed sites. Um, yeah, I think they're just, I think they're targeting an older demographic too. Um, and who maybe doesn't care about design as much, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people on the internet, right? Like that—that's the yeah. biggest thing about it. There's those who are going to exactly. love design and they're going to go hang out with you because you love it too. And then exactly. those who care about results and design—I don't want to bother with it because it's too much work. Just give me results, and right, you know, exactly. they might go with Dan. So um, it's a big place yeah. the internet. It is a huge place. <laughs> anyway, Lewis, let's wrap it up. Um, LewisHouse.com. I'll put the link, obviously, with the blog post that this podcast goes live at. Thank you for mixing it up there. I think we, we got some of your stories, some, some motivation as well, some very practical information and uh, looking forward to seeing what you get up to in 2014. Thanks, man. I appreciate you so much. And, uh, you know, you're a huge inspiration to myself and the entire online entrepreneurs community out there. So I appreciate everything you do and I acknowledge you for being a leader in this space so early on when no one knew what they were doing. So yeah, I'm an old man uh, now. I'm getting comments <laughs> like that. It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't think you could become an old man when you're still in your thirties when it, when it comes to a career, but hey, you know, <laughs> the internet grows fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I years. appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I do appreciate that. And, and thank you to all of our listeners who joined in and listened to the show today. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lewis. It was very inspiring for me just to be a part of it, I have to say. He's doing some amazing things with his students and his whole philosophy about business is one that I wholeheartedly am in line with and agree with. And I'm looking to continue to replicate myself as I hope you are as well. As a reminder, you can get this podcast on SoundCloud by going to soundcloud.com forward slash Yarrow Starak. You can also find it on iTunes by searching for Entrepreneur's Journey or just my name, Yarrow, and subscribing there. And of course, all the links for this show, including the subscribe options, are available at my blog at entrepreneurs-journey.com. And just tick the podcast tab at the top. <laughs> Let's try that again. 
click the podcast tab at the top to find all my previous shows and you'll obviously find Lewis's there as well where you'll find the, the links to go with this show. And don't forget, you still have the opportunity to join my EJ Insider Interviews Club by going to www.ejinsider.com forward slash interviews, where you can listen to some sample interviews, download some materials from the program, and read about everything you receive as an EJ Insider Interviews Club member. Thanks again for listening. My name is Yaro Starek, and I'll catch you online very, very soon. Bye-bye.